Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Jesus is in control. There's stuff happening all over the planet, in church, in your life. We will not be moved. We have been given a vision of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, who says, who who is stated emphatically that he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He will set things right at the end of the day. We see that like Daniel did in the scripture. He has all power and authority. He can set the record straight. Trust me. We are caught in a bind. We're caught in a dispensation of time where things seemingly don't look good overall. But I'm telling you this. It's a faith fight. We got to be faithful with what God has given us. That is the lesson of life. At the end of the day, you will go to be with Jesus. It's appointed unto man to die once, once only, then the judgment. And the judgment is about your faith and how you lived your life. Did you hold the line? Did you shrink back? Bible says in Hebrews, he's not happy with those ones who shrink back into the comfortability of life. Being born again is not just some sort of card to heaven. What do we call it? Some sort of... Bailout card, and that's it. We're, oh boy, I thought I was going to hell, but now I'm going to heaven. That's enough. That's all I want. No, you are here on a mission. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. And I, and I have to say, your children are born with purpose, kingdom purpose. The sooner you can allude to that, the better. You're not going to tell them the whole grand plan of God, but at least you can say, you're born with a purpose. You can start prophesying over them. And you can start opening their eyes, even, to the goodness of God. Amen? And you might even have to tell them there's bad stuff happening. Unfortunately, those people, they don't know what they're doing. They need God. Wow, do they need God? Yeah, they need God. That's why we do what we do. Why do we give our money? Tell your kids why you give your finances to the kingdom. That is to allow the church to be built, to be this expression of great hope, and it is our worship unto him. Tell your kids the reality of some of these things, and they will have more of a vested interest in what you do. Vision is crucial to see see that God is doing in the world at large. Vision is the source of hope of life. Some quotes from Miles Monroe got a couple of little surprises here before I'm finished. The greatest uh, gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight. I said that, but the gift of vision. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. And, and I just love to quote this because it contextualizes so, so wonderfully what vision is. It's eyes that see by the heart. Nothing noble or, or noteworthy on earth was ever done without vision. No invention, development, or great, I love the, 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 the Luke, the, um, the, the, the special um, 
on Einstein, the little documentary series, box set, whatever you call it. I can't keep up to all these Netflix and box sets, and I don't know what it is I'm watching, but it's about the story of Einstein. And basically, Einstein used to zone out in visions. And he could see the galaxy, he could see space, and he could see all the dynamics of this thing, you know, zinging here and light going at that, you know, so many kilometers an hour, miles an hour, and then, you know, and, and, he, and he used to say to his students, close your eyes. Why are we closing our eyes? We're here to write down stuff. We're here to be very cognitive, very practical, Einstein. What do you... No, close your eyes. And he would ask the whole... As a professor, he would ask the whole class to close your eyes. And he would literally take them into outer space. And then they would have a vision of the grandeur of science. Awesome. And that's how he gave revelation to the prospective students. He tried to do it the normal way. It's not working. They're not gritting it. Not. I'm telling them all this information. It's, it, but it, it doesn't work. You've got to catch it. You've got you to get it into your heart. You've got to... You know what I mean? It's not information overload. You've got to have a revelation. You've got to have an avalanche from your mind to your heart. Everyone's got this information. You know, everyone's got this awesome information in their head. But they don't have the revelation in their heart. Of what God is doing. I think Einstein was a great believer. No invention, development, or great feat was ever accomplished without the inspiring power of this mysterious source called vision. Civilizations were born and developed through the driving power of a visionary leader. Vision is the key to unlocking the gates of what is, what is to propelling us into what could be. Vision sets you free from the limitations of what the eyes can see and allows you to enter the liberty of what the heart can feel. It is vision, it is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Vision is the foundation of courage and the fuel of persistence. Our world today is in desperate need of vision. Wise king of Israel, Solomon, stated in the book of Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, people perish. Another version says, dwell carelessly. They come into church just carelessly. Oh, what are we doing? Just some religious stuff here. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah. No. Another version says, without vision, we are ungovernable. God can't govern. God can't, God can't bring things into order. He can't bring people in to put them in their respective places. We're a body. Each part is a body. To, we're supposed to be this awesome expression, a body walking out across the land. But we've got bits and pieces missing off it. You know, we're, we're supposed to be this magnificent body. By divine appointment, people sent to be the church together, building, pronouncing God. In all the magnificent ways that we do. Just like through the worship team, the young children. I just love that. Oh, wasn't that awesome? With, even without the guitars. You know, we all love to use those guitars. I love the guitars. Doug on the, you know, and, and, you know, and the acoustic. No guitars, but we're still rocking. That's the day of Pentecost. You'll receive power to be my witnesses. Not, not you'll receive power to, to crunch you know, heavy, loud instruments, but yeah, we will, but you'll be my witnesses. My first pastor used to stand on the streets of Liverpool and so I was, stand there, 
No megaphone, no nothing. And, you know, preach the gospel. John McMartin, Liverpool, CLC Liverpool. What's it called now? Inspire Church? Just to stand on the streets of Liverpool. No megaphone. Pronounce the gospel. Powerfully save people. Those people are in the kingdom. They're born again. They're saved. They're, they're pastors to this day. I just love that. I just thought about that this morning. No guitars, but we're still rocking. Where there is no vision, but can I just say this for, for someone? Where there is no revelation of the future, where there's no revelation of redemptive plans, oh, I think that is, makes, now I get it, right. Where there is no vision, we're not talking about a vision to all march in unity and be friendly and be nice and we're the church. That's vision, isn't it? Isn't that good? This is the lifestyle you want. I'm doing, no. It's the redemptive plans of God. It's the redemptive plans of God for people and our neighbours and our world and our politics and, and our economy. We want redemptive plans. Can we see the gospel working? Can you see the gospel working in our world? Can you see the, the gospel working in our politics? Where there is no revelation of the future, redemptive plans of God, people throw off self-control personal discipline and restraint. Vision is the source of personal and corporate discipline. Some people had vision, some businesses had vision, some churches had vision, but they abandoned it because of discouragement, disillusionment, some measure of failure, frustration. Today, we're going to reappoint you to the vision at hand. We are born on this planet to significantly do something for God. That it, we're not a divine experiment. You have the providence of God around you. What's the providence of God? Matthew Flinders, one of our great earth, uh, um, early um, uh, disc, disc, what is it? explorers, he wants a hundred guys. He says to the hundred guys, this is way back before the place was even hardly uh, popularized, I mean, but he says, I need a hundred guys, but know this, we're going to pray every day. I want you to just... just Join in with that prayer, and we're going to explore this great land. And a lot of them were heathens. A lot of them weren't church people, unbelievers, totally. But at the end of that journey, because of the providence of God, because they were saved from calamity and tragedy and stuff, they saw it so many times that all of them said, Oh my God, God was with us, and I am for God. Now, in your life, you've been set down here. You have the providence of God around your life. You have God's handiwork all around your life. You bring that handiwork and you bring that providence into the life of the church. And all of a sudden, we can accomplish tremendous things. Tragic thing is that people don't realize that they don't realize that their life is suited for a personal vision or is meant for a personal vision or a corporate vision. We need to come up. We need to repent. Repent is, is basically this, coming from, from the basement thinking of your, of your life, coming from the basement and coming to the, the higher levels, the penthouse. That's where we get penthouse from. What's a penthouse? When you're in a penthouse, you're looking down. You're looking around, you're saying, man, I could, we had, we're on the 67th story at the World Tower, we had 
trigger boss. Who's the help me, Shane? He's the Russian Jew, rags to riches. He owns all the Meriton apartments in Sydney. He lives on the 70th, 70th floor. Billionaire. He lives up there. And I, one day I'm standing uh, on the 67th floor, big windows too, and I'm looking out. I'm literally towering over the city of Sydney. Julie hates it. I tried to take her out to the revolving tower for, for tea. It was, you know, she got traumatised and couldn't take her out for another six months. Anyway, she did. Um, but I'm standing at the big glass window and I'm looking out down upon Sydney and I'm going, you know what? Sydney can be saved. No wonder Triggerboff is looking down on Sydney and saying, I'll take that bit of land, I'll take that old... That, that old building, I'm going to put an apartment there. I'm going, but when you're down on the flat, when you're amongst the pedestrians, you just go, oh, life's hard. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, I'll be lucky to even get whatever, the people's palace tonight. You know, when you're up, repent out of the basement of your stinking thinking and you're into the higher levels of God's thinking. That's when you see revival. And that's what all those people are singing about. They had this repented attitude. This is powerful stuff, Rachel. Man, I was hoping for a better response this morning, but these guys are a tough crowd. 1 Corinthians 2.9, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, I'm just joking, what no, what, what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is the, what we have not received is the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. 1 Acts 2, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? For we, for we have the mind of the Lord. So what's vision? It's seeing the future. It's a mental picture of our destiny. I can see that kid's facility being finished. I can see the walls going up, the roof going on, insulation going in. I can see the... The electrical going, the, the cables going in, the windows going in. I see the floor coverings going in. I see it. I believe it. I believe it. I see it. God gave humanity the gift of vision so that we can live beyond what we see. He gave us vision to see. He gave Einstein, Albert Einstein, vision to see into the dimensions of science so that he could give us, what's the formula? Thank you, Frank. Top of the class. E equals MC squared. It's theory of relativity. God says, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Hmm which God prepared in advance, even before the world sent spinning, he prepared you to come into this time, this, this fabric of time, to be set down in this country, in this place on the central coast, 
to work out your vision, to join with that, engage it, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You can only see it by faith. You can only see your vision, your life, truly by faith. To paraphrase the Bible, Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things you hope to accomplish, the evidence of things you can see even when others cannot. Oh man, I could just tease so much of this out. Only by seeing what is not yet here can you bring something new, creative, and exciting into existence. I don't know if you know it, but Pastor Julie is an awesome artist. She starts off with a blank canvas. There's the colors. Now, if you asked me to do something, it'd be tragic. It'd be more or less something akin to a kindergarten child, even less, preschool, doing something. Julie, with imagination, with, a, with vision, can create, Tim, stuff and pictures and paintings that are spread out through all the world. I'm prophesying now. Jesus. Your vision determines your destiny. When you can see what is possible and believe that it can come to pass, it makes you capable of doing the impossible. As long as a person can hold on to his vision, then there's always a chance for him to move out of his present circumstances and toward the fulfillment of his purpose. True riches are dreams and visions. Without a vision of the future, life loses its meaning, an absence of meaning that leads to a lack of hope. Can I just say this? If you can see beyond your present circumstances, if you can have hope for the future, you have true riches. It's not about how much money you got in the bank. It's about if you can see it. That's why the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you. He's got plans. We have plans being enacted. God's given us plans, strategy to get into this church, to get into that C3 kids room. For I know the plans I have for you. Yes, Lord. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Vision is the key. It's the key to life. If you've, got a, if you've got a vision, you've got a dream. If you've got a dream, you've got hope. If you've got hope, you've got faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. What's this? This is the evidence of those things that we hope for. Guys, help me, you missed that. This is the evidence of that which we saw in the invisible realm and we pulled it in and we said, our church deserves a home. Your children, my children, your family, my family deserve a home. We can call our own. We are the head, not the tail. We're not going to be renting out there. And I said last week, when some churches say, building fund, people run, not from this church. No. But in other stories I've heard, even on the coast, when they've said building fund, people say, oh, I'm not, hey, 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 I thought you were going to rent. I thought you were going to rent. We're not into build, we're not into taking this land business. We're going to rent, and so is our children. So is our grandchildren. We're happy to rent. So we're going down to the next renters. Who's the, these guys are renting. They're not talking about money and building funds. Yeah, are you guys renting? Yeah. But you're going to rent for, for 10 years at least while I'm here? Yeah, yeah, we're just going to rent. No, it's too hard to get land. Too hard to get buildings out of the ground. 
I'm, I'm, I'm having a bit of a... <laughs> You're doing a building fund. We actually had... Well, we actually did... We actually did have a couple of people say, oh, you're doing a building fund. We love this church. We love the atmosphere, the presence. We love what you do. But you're doing a, 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 a vision builders, a, a, a pledge to raise money for a building. Oh, bummer. No, we have to go down to the other church. What do you mean? They're renting. Well, that church is not there anymore, guys. They actually had to fold up. Because people got tired of renting and setting chairs up and packing them down. and That church is not there. We're here because we dug in with vision, with a plan, with strategy, with faith, tenaciousness, and said God wants to give us the land. We believe that. Julie's saying, time, time. Okay, I've got to wrap it up. Can I, can I do those photos? I want, to, I want to show some of the vision that Abraham did, just quickly. Just before you put that up, it's been said that there are three kinds of people in the world. Hang on, hang on, stop it. Three kinds of people. First, there are those who never seem to be aware of the things that are happening. Second, there are those who ask, wow, what just happened? Third, there are those who make things happen. Let's check this out. This is Abraham, who's sitting in the church right now. And Alice, Alison, Papua New Guinea, and their friends from Papua New Guinea. Give it up for these guys from Papua New Guinea. Awesome, 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 awesome. They've been here on a work, working engagement. We take our hat off to you, sir, for the vision that you saw in Papua New Guinea and all that you did over there. Let it go, let it run, let it go now. No bridge. For decades, they have been walking over this log. There's Alice. So, Abraham saw this situation. No bridge. He came up with an idea. The engineer said, it's impossible. You're crazy. The engineer said, no way. Abraham said, no, God's given me a dream. God's given me a vision. I can do this. We can do this. He put two halves of the bridge on hinges. He swung the two halves out, joined them. Chains. Are you guys in any of those? You guys in those photos? Yeah, you're in there. And this is one of the facilities that Abraham and his team built. Did you guys help build this? You did? Put your hand up high. Put your hand up high. It's awesome. Give him a hand. This represents the kingdom. This is Abraham. Stand up, Abraham. As we want to honor you, just stand up, just quickly, just stand up. Yeah, yeah, just stand up. That's vision, guys. That's vision. Yeah. It takes visionary leaders. All right, I'm going to crunch it. Can we just do some PowerPoint on the last little bit? Vision, the key to fulfilling your life's purpose. The source of vision, overcoming obstacles to vision. Yeah. Be directed by clear vision. Know your potential for filling vision. You've got awesome vision, guys. You've got awesome potential, I'd say. Principle three, develop a concrete plan for filling vision. We have strategy. We have a plan. It's called Vision Builders. That's how we got here thus far. Possess the passion for vision. I'm doing my best, guys, to get you going, to, to get you excited that when Jesus knocks on your door, the Holy Spirit knocks on your door and says, what are you doing for the kingdom? I'm a vision builder. 
awesome, well done. Get passionate, develop the faith of vision. You need faith, you need faith, yeah. Principle six, understand the process of vision. That's all about the ebbs and flows of vision. It's not all, it's not all roses, it's not all peaches and cream. Seven, set the priorities of vision. Eight, recognize people's influence on vision. We recognize your influence on our vision. Nine, principle nine, implore, employ the provision of vision. When you get a vision, God will fill that need that you want to fulfill that vision. Elijah said to the woman, she's broke. Imagine this getting out to the news. Preacher turns up, asks widow to give last bit of oil and bread. But what, imagine getting that out into the advocate. That would be really good for C3 Togo. But this is what Elijah knew. Get as many pots as you can because as many pots as you have, God will fill it. The oil began to fill every pot that she could get from her neighbor's. If you go, God, I don't think I can give to this worthy cause. Uh, but if you just put your pot out, God will fill it. Lord, I need, I need some, I need my teeth done. I mean, I don't have the money. It's not the money, it's the desire to have your teeth fixed. Put the pot out. God will fill it. God, I, I desire to be a vision builder. I'm not sure, but put the pot out and let God fill it. That is the power of provision. Where am I up to? Which number, guys? Ten. Ten. Use persistence in achieving the vision. Eleven, be patient in the fulfillment of vision. Twelve, stay connected to the source of vision. Hello, jello. If God's given you a vision to be part of this church, stay connected to Jesus. Because it makes no sense sometimes to belong to your local church for all the rational reasons. Why am I going to see three Tugra? Oh, no, I've got better things to do, go there. If you lose sight of your very reason for being a member of your church, if you lose sight of the source of vision for that which you are doing for the kingdom, it's so easily to drop the ball and you treat church and the kingdom and vision builders as another thing that you're juggling stay connected to the source of vision is there any more yeah give me something else any that statement that statement oh jesus let's all stand god bless you as we do generational nature of vision true vision always benefits succeeding generations Vision is not human concoction of the future. God places purposeful dreams and visions in our hearts and gives us grace to live towards that fulfillment. You said, Lord, in your word, Ephesians 1, 3, I'm going to lead you through prayer and I'm done. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God has already blessed us with all that we need but it's in the spiritual realm. It's in the spiritual realm because it says there, God has given us and blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Let's pray. Let me pray for you as we declare Vision Builders Month open. Just if you could close your eyes and 
just stand before the Lord as I pronounce this prayer over you. Thanks for hearing me this morning. I pray that the eyes of your heart have been opened, that you can see the incomparable glory of God coming towards you, of His love, His goodness, that you can see the kingdom coming, that you can see what God is doing in your church, C3 Tugra, that you would be compelled to agree with it, to engage with it, with discipline. Without vision, we perish, we dwell carelessly. We go wild, another version says. I see people have lost vision for being a Christian, lost vision for being belonging to a church, and they're just out there, wandering, wandering, wandering. Father, we pray. Lord, we know that vision cannot happen without people. Let your vision burn in our hearts this morning, Lord. Help us not just be spectators watching vision go by or letting others carry it for us. Let us have great faith, dear God. Lord, there is no vision without great faith, we know. I need great faith, Lord. I stand before you and say, God, give me great faith. Help me leap over the walls of limitations. Lord, you delight in the impossibilities. Give us willingness to run with the vision that you have given us. Lord, let there be a spirit of generosity in this church, in my heart, in giving. Let us be a people who have vision and be motivated to give. Let generosity start with giving a basic tithe, the first step of building God's house. Then as people see where the vision is going and what it is doing by revelation, giving will increase and continue to grow. Dear God, you have given us a new nature. The Holy Spirit, uh, a Holy Spirit-empowered nature with an attitude of faith and expectation. I'll say that again. Lord, you have given us a new nature, a Holy Spirit-empowered nature with an attitude of faith and expectation. A giver's heart with great giver's faith. Our motive for great giving is to advance the kingdom of God. Let us grow in liberality, generosity, faith, and sacrifice. Thank you that giving empowered by grace releases the favor of God upon us, your givers. 2 Corinthians 8.1 And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Lord, we thank you for the divine enablement that you give us to be givers. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves cheerful givers. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Jesus said himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Luke 17 verse 5 says, The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And lastly, Zacharias 8.12, the seed will grow well. This is for all the givers in the house. The seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. 
the ground will produce its crops and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. Isaiah 20, 30, 30, 23 says, He will also send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground and the food that comes from the land. It will be rich. It will be plentiful. In that day, your cattle will graze in broad meadows. And the saints say, and the saints say, yeah. Just standing there, eyes closed. You might know God, you might. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.